1: Attention Strictly Hoop Talk and Strictly Hip Hop listeners. Fans, you know I've been talking about this clothing line forever, but Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get dope clothes, man. I'm telling you, I just got a hoodie in the mail today. It is awesome. It is one of their premium uh, hoodies, and they have, they have so much more, though, than hoodies. They have beanies. They have hats. They have long sleeves. They have t-shirts. They have... Everything And they got more stuff coming soon. I was just told that they have more stuff coming soon. So fans, go to Anti-Forever USA today and remember to use the special promo code PLATTY to get 10% off your purchase. That's P-L-A-T-T-E. And make sure you know that the P is capital. The link will be in the description of the podcast. Shop Anti-Forever USA today. AntiForeverUSA.com hello fans and welcome back to strictly hoop talk as always i'm your host chris Platy, and join me once again this time there's not gonna be any errors hopefully um <laughs> with the podcast and that is that is my good friend rob lopez uh def pen editor-in-chief of the sports section at def pen does a great job and also does some coverage on the knicks so of course we'll talk on the phil jackson but first before we before we get to that uh man how you doing i'm good man i'm i'm uh Kind of just coming down off
0: all this stuff that went on today, but outside of that, I'm pretty good. I can't complain.
1: Yeah, man, uh, can't complain. Crazy, crazy day, and we're three hours away for, or th- sorry, three days away from free agency. So, at the time, yeah. at the time that we're recording this, so the madness has already begun. Um, the NBA calendar, as you said right before we went on air, it's turned into an 11 month cycle, right? Just kind of nonstop.
0: Yeah, man, it just never stops. I was just, I was just telling you before, like last night, I was laying in bed, at three o'clock in the morning, we're getting all these news from Woj and stuff, and I was just like, oh my god, yeah, I just have to stay up all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just have to just not sleep, and we'll be good. <laughs> all right, so today, today we're gonna talk about obviously the Chris Paul move, um, kind of the the impact of it, as well as as well as uh, we'll touch on you know how it impacts Blake's decision, Paul George's decision. Uh, And then we'll touch, just a brief touch on the upcoming NBA free agency period because we do, um, I don't know, fans that may be new to the podcast this year as opposed to last year. Last year, I did a podcast where I did every single day the first, I think it was 13 or 14 days of NBA free agency. I did a podcast. I'll explain how that works in um, in the first podcast that I do, but I'm planning on bringing that back as of right now. So you will get tons and tons of NBA free agency content in abundance, probably too much. But, um, you know, that's how that's how it's going to be. So we're going to save the free agency stuff for later. So right now we're just going to talk the the CP3 move. um, Of course, Phil Jackson stepping down and all these impacts. So you ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right. So let's start right there. Chris Paul. Chris Paul traded to the Houston Rockets. Now, do you have offhand the final um like the final pet the final trade package they got? Yeah, yeah. because I I know they did some moves after.
0: I think I kind of kinda memorized it. And, And and everything's like they did it because of this. So the Rockets got at the end of the day, the Rockets received Lou Williams. Um they got Lou Williams, Sam Decker. Patrick Beverly, oh, Kyle Wilcher. Put,
1: sorry, sorry, real quick. You um you said the Rockets just to clarify. It's the Oh, Clippers. I'm sorry, the Clippers. Yes. Yeah, my bad. You're right. Yeah. The Clippers got let's try this again.
0: The Clippers got Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Kyle Wilcher. Um, he's a young player, I believe out of Gonzaga. I think he's in his second year there. Uh Montrez Harrell, another young player. He's out of Louisville. He was the if you remember their championship run, he was the I think he was from Louisville, right? Yeah, he was yes. the
1: yes, Louisville. um
0: very athletic uh rebounder there big man center you know he was the backup center last year um they got a 2018 first round pick
1: top three from the rockets
0: top three protected yep and then they also received um darren hilliard deandre liggins um in cash considerations so darren hilliard came to the rockets from the pistons a trade that was just cash and the deandre liggins came from the mavs who he was playing for the Cavs last year mostly at end of the season with Dallas and he went to Rockets cash considerations also and basically so this trade is basically for you know they're going to waive Darren Hilliard, DeAndre Liggins uh probably Kyle Wilcher also um basically they're trading for Beverly Decker Harrell uh and Lou Williams in a first round pick and the cash considerations is just to match Chris Paul's trade kicker so his trade kicker was like three million or something like that 3.5 million he's only taken 661,000 out of it um I mean, that's a good gesture by him. I guess he could have, you know, yeah. put the put the teams in more, uh, in more of a struggle here to get it done. But he was just like, ah, oh, you know what? Screw it. I want to get this done. You know, they they the Rockets also acquired today Ryan Kelly from Atlanta, Sean Long from Philadelphia, and Tim Cordeman from Portland. So it looks like they're gearing up to do similar moves where they're getting all these non guaranteed contracts and. Trying to package them up with their other assets to to make money match. Um, because NBA rules allow you to be within 125% of a contract. So Chris Paul's contract was 24 million. Um and Mike Prada of Espionation, if you check out his here's the timeline there, he kinda painted this picture more beautifully than what I'm speaking of it right now. Um but basically You know, teams have to get within a certain amount to match contracts when the Rockets are like the Rockets, for example, they're in the red as far as salary cap. So long story short, they got a bunch of these contracts trying to match salaries.
1: Yeah. And so that's that's a great job breaking down the trade there uh again i can see why yeah I can i've been see why of he covered it all day man
0: like yeah. I, you know what i mean it's one of those things that when it came out i was looking at it with you know me and some of my writers who were just like one we were like holy crap like this really happened like yeah we went to bed last night like oh james harden's recruiting chris paul and we're like all right whatever like yeah you whatever. Know, that happens all the time guys always talk whatever um and then i wake up this morning you know to the fail news and i'm like i'm reeling literally reeling off of that And, you know, coming down from that, I'm thinking, all right, what's going to happen now? What are the Knicks going to do? And then, you know, Wojbaum, Chris Paul traded to the Rockets. And then, you know, as time goes on, I'm like, all right, so he's re-signed his max. He did a five-year max and he re-signed and got traded. No, he opted in for his last year because his opt-in deadline is tonight. So that's why they did the trade today. So he's opting into the last year of his deal, $24 million because he had that early termination option with the Clippers, um, which he said over the weekend, he was declining him and Blake Griffin announced it literally like within half an hour of each other. Not even like 10 minutes. I remember this was on Saturday or no, it was just Friday, Friday evening. And, and yeah, I mean, this trade just kind of, it kind of matriculated over time. You know what I mean? We first got the initial package and we're just like, a bunch of us were like, all right, the money doesn't match. They're short a couple million. Um, And then they added some more salaries from wheelchair and Harold, and then they got these non-guaranteed guys. So right. they eventually got right. They, I think they got right to the cusp, like right, exactly where. And then needed needed to be. And Daryl Morey is a goddamn genius. I'll tell you that much. This guy, I, oh my God, I yes. don't even know how
1: he did it. I, you know, I will always vouch that. You know, there are a lot of great GMs in this league, but he has got to be one that's that you know, he's one of those guys where you can just give the executive of the year award to every year. And you can't be mad because yeah. he could, he not only does he get, make good basketball trades, but these salary trades, these are what the Rockets are notorious for is, is these salary trades. They are so good at it. I think, I think that the Rockets are really the best when it comes to finding these, uh, finding these little like options and pockets of Avenue to create space. And when they did that, um, They kept their full. They kept their full uh, mid-level exception, eight point four million. Plus, they kept their um. Plus, they kept their significant trade uh, exception. Which did you catch? How much that was, by the way.
0: I believe that one is for seven million. But let me see real quick. I can check it out right now. I think it's seven million. I think that one is from who was it? I think they traded. Who did they trade with in the last year? I don't even remember. Um. I think it's seven million, and they have—I don't know how much longer they have to use it, um, but they do have it. It's—it's it's, um, significant for sure. They have their, yeah. So they have their mid-level exception. They have their veterans exception. Um, yeah, and I don't know who the trade exceptions for.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, look it up. Yeah, I'm not—I'm not, I'm not finding that. But the point is that they did this without sacrificing a lot of a lot of their other financial um their financial avenues that they have and options that they have so having the full mid-level is huge having the biannual exception which you know you alluded to also at 3.2 million is good um and and of course the the trade and they can use
0: that to sign so many guys you know what i mean like once you get chris paul and if they have another guy coming in um you know whether that be paul george like we're probably going to get to and such um You know, whether it's a bunch of those guys, there's a lot of players as we as we've already seen um, that will be like, "Hey, screw it, I'll sign on, I'll play." You know, you saw David West last year, you saw a couple guys last year, kind of just step up and and did and and took that um, took that step to say, "Hey, I want to run a ring, I want to win a ring, so I'm gonna do whatever I can to get there."
1: Yeah. And it's funny because uh, it, it always seems like now nowadays it seems like that there is there is an overwhelming there's an abundance there's a surplus of veteran ring chasers and there's not enough spots on teams like the Warriors and Cavs so the Rockets will get somebody because you know they won't get the they won't get the pick of the litter because that's what the Warriors will get when it comes to these ring chasers but they'll get they'll get a ring chaser because there's a lot more, there's just nowadays, there's just a lot more ring chasers in the league. And, um, and so that that will open, there's too many spots for Golden State and Cleveland to sign. So teams like Houston are going to get in there. San Antonio are going to get in there, of course. Um, so let's talk, let's talk before we get into, you know, the Chris Paul, um, or before we get into the other impacts of like the Paul George, like the Blake Griffin, we'll get to all that in a second just i want to talk about really quickly the basketball perspective of this uh, so assuming that they have the roster let's just say they roll in the roster and they kind of fill it out with with role players and um you know and just kind of average players so looking at Chris Paul and James Harden going into season how one how does that pairing work and two how much better does it make the Rockets right now just those two uh, not uh, not assuming that they're gonna get a third start
0: well you know rosters currently constructed really kind of suits their style of play you know what I mean as it is right now you know pending like like we said um if they do make a trade for another guy if they do you know Carmelo Anthony does buy out whatever the roster as currently constructed um is pretty good I mean if you have two pass first guys like James Harden and like. Um, and like uh, Chris Paul,
1: Chris Paul you know, <laughs> there stuff. you go. Um, the man of the You got
0: <laughs> yeah, two passers guys there, so I mean, they they have shooters all over. Um, still, some remaining shooters. The six man of the year, Eric Gordon, uh, Ryan Anderson, who's a stretch four big, um, and then you got DeAndre Jordan, light, and Clint Capella there. So they're keeping a nice young core of um, role players there with them to pair with that team. I mean, look, if you still roll out a starting lineup of. Uh, you know, and Trevor Ariza. If you roll up, a, yeah. roll out a starting lineup of Chris Paul, James Harden, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson, Clint Capella, a bunch of role dudes, um, and Eric Gordon off the bench, that's still a top, you know, four team in the West. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, are they going to have to hope some guys break for them and like maybe take cheaper contracts? Maybe they do have to get a mellow to sign cheap so they can get deeper. Um, sure. But I think what, where they stand right now is good for them. And, and beyond just this season, uh, a guy like Chris Paul, he shot 44% last year in catch-and-shoot threes. I mean, he wasn't really catching that many, you know, balls to shoot. He was running the offense. But as, his career, as he goes into the career decline, uh, this is good for him because he can now say, hey, I'm getting old. I can't be the number one ball handler anymore. It'll one, extend his career. I think a little bit, if not, if anything, a season or two, if he decides to stay with Houston for the long haul, because there's already conspiracy theories of 2018, Melo, LeBron, Wade, and Chris Paul are all free agents. Right. But let's <laughs> put that aside. Let's say he stays with them for the long haul, for the remainder of his career whatever you know, the remainder of his prime. He's going to be able to be, be off the ball while James Harden continues to ascend into superstardom um, like he already is. And he's gonna be able to sit there and catch and shoot and, and put up these threes and and play off the ball. We haven't seen that a lot. I mean, even dating back to his Pel uh, Hornet days, he was the man from jump. He got to New Orleans and he was the dude. You know, he yeah. was the ball handler number one. Now we can see another side of him. He, and Chris Paul's a pretty damn good shooter. You know, three point shooter. Uh, you know, he's not gonna be slashing into the basket and catching alley oops. But, you know, look at somebody like Steve Nash who, who dribbled around. the. You can see it now. Chris Paul towards the the playoff run that they had, he was dribbling down around the hoop, underneath the hoop, slinging passes out to guys cutting to the rim. That's good. That's going to be great for him to do that. And I think right now as currently constructed, we can't really put the finishing touches and, and put the you know final touch and say, hey, this is definitely going to happen this year. Um, we can't do that yet. That's impossible because you know we still have free agency in another two or three days. But as right. currently constructed, if they are able to unload um, a Ryan Anderson contract, um, even an Eric Gordon contract, which I don't think they would do, but they could do uh, if 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 they needed to. Um, I think they're going to be fine. I mean, top three in the West. And look, if if an injury something happens, you never know. I mean, I mean, how close were the Warriors to be? Um, not having Kevin Durant for the playoffs, you know yeah. what I mean?
1: Right. So
0: I think they're in fine shape right now. Um, like there's gonna be a lot of guys hitting the free agency market, like we said, um, that could take the veterans minimum or or you could get a guy, I don't know, for example, a Taj Gibson if you really wanted to, on that mid level exception for, you know, five million or so and say, hey look, we need a guy who can rebound the ball, you know, alongside Clint and pay and play the five when Clint's on the when Clint's on the bench, or or, or uh, small ball five, so to speak, when they put Eric Gordon there. Um, so I think they they're, they're going to be fine. And like we said, Daryl Morey, he's a goddamn genius. So he's going to pull something out of his hat.
1: Yeah, and so I agree with everything you're saying. Um, I think I think when it comes to Chris Paul and James Harden, I use this word, and you know, I don't know if it's the, the right word, but their their skill sets are kind of redundant. They're both. They're both very, they're both at their best when they when they're handling the ball. They're yeah, they're both the primary
0: a ball handlers. Yes. They're both and, guys who need the ball in their hands. But you right
1: know now. what? It, it's it's also something to say that come playoff time that you have two of the top five playmakers in the NBA, and um, because I'm ready to put hard in there. Um, I know Chris Paul is there. I'm ready to put hard in there as a top five playmaker in the NBA, and so when you get when you have two of those guys. You're talking about always having an elite, elite level playmaker on the floor at all times, and that's going to be great. And like you said, it's going to produce, it's going to reduce, sorry, the the wear and tear on both both Chris Paul and James Harden. Quite frankly, because that was one of the things I worried about, and I said last year coming into this year was that the way Harden plays, where he attacks the basket and holds the ball a lot, that's going to create a lot of wear and tear. And I could see him as a guy who. Could have a short prime because of because of what his body goes through, and so um, so it's it's a smart move for both sides. Um, they'll they'll both benefit, and I think it will both help them in the long run if they choose to stay together. And you know, Chris Paul is going to make Clint Capella even that much better. You know, having Chris Paul and James Harden, but the big wrinkle, and I'm curious for your thoughts on this, and then we'll move on from the from the basketball side of it, is. The impact of Chris Paul and D'Antoni. Now, people are split on how that's going to work because they're both very headstrong players. Uh, How do you, I mean, Mike D'Antoni always seems to get the best out of every point guard he works with. Uh, But can you see Chris Paul and James Harden and Mike D'Antoni, can you see the three of them not meshing, or do you think this is going to work, or where are you at on this situation?
0: I think Chris Paul is in a spot where he knows, look, I'm not going to be able to do this by myself anymore. You know, I'm not going to be able to be the guy who runs the team anymore. And I think he – this trade, accepting this trade and saying, hey, I want to join Houston and have Harden be player A, I think that's him coming to terms with, hey, look, my skill set isn't acquiescent to what's happening with my body. Right. Um So I think that he needs to. He needs to. Either, I I don't think he's gonna bump heads with D'Antoni, so to speak. I think there will be some growing pains for sure. I mean, D'Antoni, you know, he's had mixed, mixed um, things with stars, whether it's Amari or or Steve Nash or um, Carmelo. you know, with the Lakers, with Kobe, it depends. It's really personality type. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, he he had a problem with Dwight. He had a problem with Amari towards the end. But then he was cool with Steve Nash. Um, yes. He was cool with how things went with um, Amari in their second run with the Knicks. Um, and then he came back, and now he's with the Rockets. And he's and he's him and uh, James Harden are doing well. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be fine. I think at at the end of the day, but I think uh, of course they're going to be growing pains and maybe some grumbles oh, here yeah. and there. Um, and it's going to be mostly on Chris, I think, to kind of say, "Hey, look, let me let me take a step back. Let me pull you know, let me pull the reins back on me being um, so headstrong and 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 ball dominant." Um, I think it's going to be mostly on Chris, not mostly on D'Antoni. I think that's the common misconception of Mike D'Antoni is that he's, um, I don't know, a a, a curmudgeon at times or, Uh or, you know, yeah. yeah, Or, you know, it's his offense, seven seconds or less. I think, you know, it's going to be fine, but they have to find a middle ground at the end of the day. Um, Do I think they're going to digress and be a worse team? No. I mean, D'Antoni in his career as a coach, um, when he's had a full season with the team, He's missed the playoffs twice, um, or three times, excuse me. Once was due to a resignation, and, and the other two times it was his first couple years with the Knicks. But, you know, with the, or I'm sorry, the Lakers too at the end there. Um, he's missed the playoffs a couple times, but I mean, look at his track record conference finals, conference finals with the Suns. Right. Um, and he's been in the conference semis once with the Suns in the last year with Houston, um, outside of maybe a James Harden. Uh, I don't know, I guess you want to say uh, brain fart, I guess, for the game. Maybe that series goes seven and you never know what happens. Um, But I think long term, I think they'll be fine as long as Chris learns how to acclimate to what D'Antoni wants to do and becomes that spot-up shooter type of dude. You know, kind of an increased version of Patrick Beverly. You know what I mean? Beverly is is a defense first, um, 3 and D type guy, but now you're upgrading tremendously um, by getting Chris Paul one of the top, in my opinion, one of the top five point guards of all time. Uh, his stats speak for themselves. Um, and I hope he gets what he's looking for, you know, that ring or at least a chance to contend for a title. Because um, he's, he's he, there's no doubt about it, he's kicked ass for the last couple, you know, over the last decade. So um, it's just going to be up to, I think it's going to be more up to Chris than D'Antoni than, 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 than anything.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I agree with what you're saying when it comes to, and in, in my opinion, when it comes when it comes to Chris Paul or James Harden and D'Antoni, I think that there is going to be a, a clash in the minds early. I think that's a very safe thing to say because both Chris Paul and James Harden, they dominate the ball. And, you know, that's going to have growing pains. There's going to be times where Chris Paul feels he should have the ball. And there's going to be times when Harden feels he should have the ball. There's going to be times when D'Antoni thinks one or the other should be a spot-up shooter. And so... These are these are all things that they're going to work out, but and I think both, that Chris and Paul they're both will, pretty
0: good shooters too. You know what I mean, Harden yeah. and, and Chris Paul, so they can switch off of that.
1: Exactly, and I think both will. I think both will see increased shooting percentages. Um, yep. I think both will both will heavily benefit. So, moving moving forward, um, I do want to talk the Clipper side of it. Um, I don't I don't really want to talk the deal because I believe that this. I believe now the thing that should be the center focus of the Clippers is the Blake situation. Do we let him walk? Do we try and sign and trade? Do we try and run it back with just Blake and DeAndre and be a solid team? Uh, and and on and what's what's Blake's thoughts on this? Does Blake did Blake want CP3 to leave and now he's happy to stay in LA? Or because there was a lot of reports before the before the trade deadline that Blake Griffin wanted to stay in LA and Chris Paul wanted to stay in LA but they weren't exactly they weren't exactly thrilled to be staying in LA together um so i mean does Blake now stay in LA or does he look does he look elsewhere and if he looks elsewhere who which team what team is interested in him so there's a lot to there's a lot to jump in so go ahead and jump in <laughs> on wherever you you want to take it first
0: well i think Blake and chris i think this is a sign more than ever more than anything else is that they're operating on different wavelengths you know what i mean i th- right. i don't think i don't think chris told blake i mean he might have but i doubt chris told blake that he was doing this and vice versa you know right. i i don't think blake is telling chris what he's doing either and i think this is why chris kind of made the choice he was like look Maybe coming into this week or something, after the meeting with the Clippers, he probably got the meeting and he was like, we don't have a guarantee from Blake. We don't know what's going on. So Chris was like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to do what I need to do for myself. And there's nothing wrong with that. At the, at the end of the day, um, people have to do what's best for them in their personal situations. But, you know, I think Blake, it depends. Really, Again, this is a really – it depends. You know, I would love to see Blake on the Miami Heat. I'd like to see that kind of – you know, form together with a nice big three, possibly big four, if they managed to bring in somebody like Gordon Hayward or I don't know, maybe re-sign Dion for a nice chunk of change or, you know, somebody else to, to kind of complement that roster. Um, that was kind of the island of misfit toys last year, but now they're, you know, kind of clearing out some cap space. They got Justice Winslow coming back off injury. They got some nice little pieces there. Um, so as far as Blake, I mean, that's kind of up to him, and and I think and uh, Zach Zach Low spoke about this in his column today, um, shortly after the trade became official. You know, what's gonna happen? What's gonna did did NBA teams know this already? And is this why they were ch- going after DeAndre Jordan? A couple like a week or two ago, remember there was like this little yeah. a spatter of like, hey. DeAndre to the Suns or DeAndre to the to the Celtics for, you know, a future pick or something. And the Clippers are like, what? Like, no, we don't want DeAndre. Like, get out of here. Um, but now it's like, okay, well, maybe these teams actually knew what was going on beforehand. And they were trying to say, hey, guys, you know, we got something for you to take. And none of it. And, and the Clippers didn't want anything for, you know, um, to, to trade for DeAndre. Um. Lawrence Frank, who's I believe he's the vice president of basketball operations for the Clippers, yeah. um, he came out and he said, yeah, those those trade rumors were false. You know, uh, you know, I didn't, and we never gauged gouged interest for DeAndre. Of course, we're gonna get calls. Everybody gets calls for guys. You know, maybe those are teams trying to throw the Clippers a bone and trying to say, hey, you know. We think this is what's going to happen, so we kind of, you know, we want to give you a first-round pick here or there for a guy that you're probably going to see as expendable. And now the Clippers' backs are against the wall. So now, what do they do? Um, it's going to be they. The reports are is that their target is Blake Griffin, re-signing him, getting him under that long-term deal um it's now it's going to be kind of a bidding war i thought i i was on another podcast recently and i was saying how blake griffin or chris paul is probably using the spurs and the rockets and all these teams as negotiating chips to where he's saying hey give me a no trade clause or i'm out you know um now blake griffin's option is going to expire here in a couple hours and and unlike chris paul i think he did sign on the dotted line to opt out of it and um you know, now it's going to be up to Blake. I mean, he, is he going to go back to the Clippers? If he does, he's probably going to want a no-trade clause because he's a, an often injured player, and his value has slowly decreased from, you know, a top five, top six, seven guy. A couple, probably like two, two years ago, maybe after that series against the Spurs. Right. Um. I think in the 2015 playoffs, I believe. Yeah. Um, when yeah, when they made their run against Houston and blew the three-one yeah, lead, was phenomenal. He's been well. I mean, he's been phenomenal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's a he phenomenal is, yeah. talent when he's healthy. When he's on the yeah. court, there's few players who are more talented than Blake Griffin. Um, yeah. I could argue if he's completely healthy, I'd argue he's the top eight player, top ten, undoubtedly. Um, when yeah. he's healthy, and that's the thing too with the Clippers, they had two top ten dudes on the team, and DeAndre, you could argue is a top twenty, top twenty five talent. He was All NBA last year. Right. You know, he's an All Star they had three all-stars on their team and they only made it to the second round. So obviously there's things there that needed to change. Um, I think the Clippers, I don't know. It's tough because they're going into a new arena in 2019. Um, So do they want to blow it up and say, all right, screw it. We're done. We're blowing it up. We're getting rid of Deandre. We're getting the best value we can get from Boston, so to speak, because I'm sure Boston would love to get Deandre for a first round pick or whatever. Um, and then, and then see what they can do in the upcoming draft. There's a lot of young talent, Michael Porter, um, Luka Doncic from overseas. So, But back to Blake, uh, I think his best option, if I'm Blake Griffin, I'm, I'm out. Um, nobody on the current roster is going to be able to facilitate you as much as Chris Paul did, unless he really thinks that he can become this point-forward type of guy who can handle the ball, run a pick-and-roll with DeAndre. I think that would be really, really devastating but um, he could also do the same thing in, in Miami with Hassan Whiteside. I and mean, you really think about it. I mean, right. what's what's separating much from Hassan Whiteside and DeAndre Jordan? Um, right. Outside of defensive, you know, talents, I'm sure DeAndre's a – I'm definitely sure DeAndre's a way better de- defender than Whiteside. But offensively, I mean, that's yeah. dangerous. Blake yeah. Whiteside pick and roll. And we saw it, you know, in last Miami, year. In Miami, L.A.,
1: not much difference there either.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, living lies. I mean, you yeah. don't get no state taxes in Florida for whatever that's worth. Um, so he'll be living light. He'll be living nice. I mean, there's going to be obvious hit, um, him not resigning with the Clippers. He can obviously get more money resigning with the Clippers and stuff, but, um, yeah, if I'm Blake, I'm out, I'm going, I'm going to Miami. I'm going to live down in South beach. Um, Miami has enough money, I think to get another max dude. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think that would be in his best interest. And then, and like I said, they still have younger, nice young pieces, they had a lottery pick this year, Justice Winslow. Um, if they could if Dion Waiter's already said he's willing to take a uh, you know, a nice contract on the cheap, that could be a nice little six, seven, eight man rotation. And that's really yeah. all you need in the playoffs, especially in the East. I mean, yeah. you know, you only need eight 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 really good guys to play. I mean, that's what happened to a bunch of teams, Wizards, uh one that comes to mind that just ran out of bodies. So yeah. Blake Blake should definitely hit out East. Screw the Clippers, they're rebuilding, get out of here.
1: See, now you said a lot of things there that I can't even begin to touch on everything, and this is proves <laughs> why this proves why you're the most plugged uh guest that I have on the on this show, man. So I just I do a lot comment. I just
0: read a lot of crap, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I just read a lot of crap right. and I don't want to read a lot of crap, but I love it.
1: Yeah, man. Um I love what you said about Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. That that is a very good point that they are operating on different wavelengths and It's obvious,
0: you know? Yeah. Like at this it, point it's obvious.
1: Yeah. So with Blake being said, I do want to touch on the Blake thing um, because you said a lot of things, and I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, So the one thing I want to dive a little deeper on then is the Blake aspect and Blake going in speculation. You speculated, Miami. I like that fit a lot. Um, Like we said, lifestyle-wise, it's not much different. Um, Personnel-wise, it's a better situation. Long-term. Definitely long-term. Long-term. Long-term, definitely better situation. And Gordon
0: Drogic's there too. That's a nice – you know, yeah. point guard who can who can handle the offense and, and really get things rolling for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so uh, so I like I like the situation that Blake would have in Miami. Um and plus with 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 Eric Spolstra and the Heat organization, their their reputation for develop finding and developing talent is amazing. So Blake could have some trust that that he could um that that the Heat organization could surround him with the supporting cast that he needs, and so I think it would. Uh, I think the Miami Heat could make a great pitch to him. Um, one thing I wanted to run by you though is: are teams like are teams like the Spurs, the the Celtics, are they even listening? Are are the Pacers maybe maybe they're trying to engage in a sign and trade Paul George for Blake Griffin? I mean, are I mean, what are the other options outside of Miami because? Boston's from day one, there's been a lot of reports refuting that their their interest in Blake Griffin. Um and and San Antonio with Aldridge there, but also there's been reports that they're not totally sold on Aldridge. Um so where where do you see as other options for, for Blake if he chooses to leave LA?
0: Well, you know, Miami, I think, would be option A. Like I said, Miami's should be the option A for them. They have a nice young core. They have a nice core of um, younger players there. Um, if you're looking outside of that, I mean, the Boston thing is obvious. They have a lot of good pieces to pair with them. Um, they have a lot of young, young guys um, coming up. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Um, Avery Bradley's an all defensive candidate. Um, you know they have a lot of guys that they can they can do things with. But it really, I think the thing with Boston is that what are they are they doing? Like what are they doing? Because nobody knows what they are doing right now um, as far as their roster is concerned. You know they signed out Horford last year because they missed out on Kevin Durant. And they just took a swing at one of the biggest fish. The biggest fish in the pond, they took a swing, and they, ha- and they hit. Right now, you know, if you look at their team, they still have a lot of young, younger talents. Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, and, um, you know, what can Blake do for them? Is he the piece that's going to bring them over the top into that next, you know, that upper echelon? of the top teams in the nba you know um right. they won the east and that's great they had a fantastic regular season but if you're looking at the nba landscape overall are you putting boston ahead of the warriors definitely not hmm. the calves as constructed right now definitely not it, it was apparent um are you putting them over the spurs probably not um the rockets as currently constructed I don't know. That's a, that's tough. You know what I mean? That Chris Paul and James Harden backcourt, that's two superstars. You know, the the Celtics barely have one superstar and Isaiah Thomas, and he just became a superstar. Um, So who are they better than the wizards? Okay. That's cool. They also want to improve. They also are trying to throw their name in the Paul George hunt. Um, And then the rest of the Eastern conference, I think if, if Blake is smart, he'll definitely go to the East um don't stay in the west he's been in the west for how long he's gotten beaten up by memphis and and portland and all these teams in the playoffs before he's seen what they all these teams do to him and they know how to get to him i think if he's going to go out east i think miami should be option one option two definitely should could be boston he feels it. he feels an obvious need uh as that power forward type he can play a point forward role there too if um isaiah takes hits the bench um but I think the more now, when you want to flip it to San Antonio, I think that's where you have to get into the salary cap Olympics, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like what Daryl Morey did today. Um, you know, they they can't bring him there outright without first. I think they have to renounce Tony Parker, or no, they have to they have to renounce Monte Ginobili. His money has to come off, and he's expected to retire, so his money has to come off. Then I think Parker has to opt out of his deal. Somebody has to – no, Parker's locked in for another season. Um, I think they have to renounce Mono Ginobili. They probably have to trade Danny Green. Uh, they probably have to trade somebody else, and they have to clear up a bunch of cap space. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge probably is probably definitely going to have to go. There's no way you're going to play LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin together. I don't see – how can that work? That cannot work at all. They play the same position, essentially. Um, different styles of play, but they're still like the same player. Um, I think – I think – I think if you want to go easiest, you know, hand-in-glove type fit, definitely go to Boston. Out of those two, you know, San Antonio and Boston options, hand-in-glove, you want to go in there quick and easy, go to Boston. They'll probably have the cap space to sign you straight up. Um, if you want to get things, you want to go a little wonky here and get some things, you know, go crazy a little bit, Spurs. I mean, it's hard to argue Kawhi and Blake. Yeah, That's a, that's a dynamic pair. And then they yeah. got some uh, young talents coming up you know, DeJounte Murray, Davis Bertans, who's a really nice prospect. I love Davis Bertans. Um, Kyle Anderson, slow-mo. He's a good, he's a good player. You still have the vet, Tony Parker. Uh, They, they want to keep Jonathan Simmons. um, And they're probably going to keep Pau Gasol and David Lee um, on cheapo contracts. So I think overall, I think, you know, if you want to structure wise and have a long-term plan, uh, go Spurs. But if you want to, Contend right now, and you want to really kind of try to push LeBron to the limit. Go definitely go to you know Boston out East. I mean the East, the Eastern Conference is the Eastern Conference for a reason. You know what I mean? (laughs) Might as well just do it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you when you look outside of Miami. I believe that Miami should be the one, and then outside of that, Boston. But Boston, um, and I said this earlier. I I wanted to get your thoughts on this, but Boston doesn't seem to be too interested in even going for Blake do they
0: I think what they want to do is they want to try to swing they're, they're, I think the pecking order is Paul George yeah, Gordon Hayward Blake Griffin and there was a report yesterday from Woj Adrian Wojnowski, um, formerly of the vertical about to be of ESPN where he says that the Celtics want to sign Gordon Hayward and then trade for Paul George So that's their obvious, you know, plan here that they have going on. That's their that's their plan or reported plan. You never know. Boston could just be saying that, putting that out in the ether just to scoop up Blake Griffin at twelve oh one on you know Saturday morning or whatever. Um, Right. But yeah, I mean, Blake Griffin. They're saying Blake Griffin's not their target. But that could also be a smokescreen, you know, they just like they've been doing all summer with the with the draft, for example. I remember I Danny Ainge gave me a quote directly over in a conference call and he said that we are looking to draft when he was talking about the NBA draft, when they got the first pick, it was after the lottery, he said we were looking for a player that can take over late in games and handle the ball and take over late in games. Everybody automatically assumed, oh, they're taking Markel Fultz. They're not going to trade the pick. A week before the draft, they trade the damn pick, and they take Jason Tatum. So, you know, and their whole quote-unquote board the whole time was, oh, we have uh, Tatum. We had Tatum number one the whole time. Okay, Danny, (laughs) sure. Um, Which is it? Yeah, I mean, you know. It might be a smokescreen. You never know. Um, I think Blake would be nice there. Does he fix their rebounding problems? Probably not. Not just yeah. one guy. I mean, Al Horford needs to get in there. I mean, I don't understand it. Al Horford's damn near seven feet tall, and he doesn't rebound. I don't – like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I yeah. don't get it. But whatever. That's,
1: that's the big flaw I have with the pairing, and I think that Danny Age has that um, pairing too. I, think, I don't think Danny Age is the type to want to invest that much money in a front court. Um, I think I think he's desperately looking for the swing man. But you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, if he can Blake, if he can get Blake Griffin, he'll probably take him as opposed to Walt. Because if anything, we've seen that. Danny Angel will flip them and find any sort of increase. He'll he'll pretty much always find the best trade offer possible. Yeah, you want to put and the so, best guys
0: on the floor at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like At the end of the day, you want to put the best five guys you can out there. And if that means, you know, crap, we have Plan C, Blake Griffin, a former, you know, all-NBA talent, former NBA right. all-star, athletic as hell, um, all the problem is his health. You know, you're going to do that.
1: Yeah. And, and and like I said, worst case scenario, Danny H has proven time and time again he could flip any any trade piece into something, into something magnificent. So um, one of the things we want I wanted to talk about two more things before we get out of here. I'll I'll save the free agency for another podcast. Um, because of the time. My fault. I'm keep, yeah, I'm
0: keeping along. No, here. that's I'm all right,
1: man. You are giving golden content. You are giving <laughs> some kind of inside perspective, and in. so you're you're doing fine, man. You're doing you're doing great. I love what you're giving me right now. So, Paul George now. So, now we move, we went from CP3 to Blake Griffin, now to the guy, Paul George, who I believe, right, he's now the, every year there's the one domino that they're waiting to fall. You could have argued it's Chris Paul, but it seems like it's always been Paul George. Now with Jimmy Butler moved, CP3 moved, um... Paul George is the domino, right? Even though he's not technically a free agent, he's the domino. Trade that's wise, going for to sure.
0: Start. Trade yeah. wise, yeah. Him and Carmelo, but yeah.
1: Yep. And so with the Paul George sweepstakes, so just kind of give me give me an update, both what you're hearing and what you're thinking as far as as far as Paul George. I mean, he's been linked to every team, um, the the Spurs, the Cavs, the Wizards, the the Celtics, of the course, nuggets. the, Heat, yeah, the Nuggets, yeah, the Nuggets, yeah. I mean, he's been. He's been linked everywhere. The Rockets now, of course, are reportedly making a strong push for him. Um, so, one, where do you uh, what are, What are you hearing? And two, what are you feeling like? Which, um, like, wh- where are you feeling on Paul George?
0: Uh, well, me personally, I'm not hearing nothing. But uh, you know, you, as as we all do, we keep up with the NBA rumblings from other reporters right. and
1: such, and try and connect the dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Try to connect the dots. Um, the dots are aligning towards, like I was just alluding to before, as towards the Boston Celtics. Uh, it's the most obvious kind of trade there because if you're building a team, you don't want ideally you don't want too much in one position on the court so you don't want two great guards and then have you know kind of crappy big men you don't want two great big men and have kind of crappy guards you know what i mean usually that doesn't work out every team has a good balance you know whether that's Shaq and right. Hogan, um or now with the warriors with steph and clay and then up in the front it's it's kd and and draymond, draymond yeah. and the calves Kyrie, lebron kevin love they all kind of operate in their own spaces in a vacuum essentially right. um so I think you know when if the Celtics want to bring in Paul George, the obvious victims or, or sacrifices in this are going to have to probably be Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, um, and maybe uh, either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. There's no way that you can keep both. I think Tatum's probably be the guy that they're going to have to get rid of there, just because he kind of occupy. It, he's he's a, he's a he's a he's a Tobias Harris, Carmelo Anthony light type of dude who, you know, likes to operate in the low post there and shoot. He can shoot pretty well, but he's a scorer first. You know what I mean? He's not right. a defender. So if you're going to bring in a Paul George, you want to get rid of, you know, guys who are kind of doubles in that spot. And he has value. Who's the number three pick. So that's yeah. going to be a valuable asset. Uh, I think the Boston Celtics have the most to offer when it comes to a Paul George thing. There's, I mean, there's who else has that much to offer, Um hmm. Nobody really. I mean, the Rockets are throwing their name in there. Of course, they're going to try to hunt. But if everything like Zach Lowe is saying is correct, teams are asking for two first round draft picks to pick up Ryan Hollins or Ryan Anderson in this $20 million um, per year contract. Two first round draft picks to unload that deal. So nobody's going to do that. uh, The Pacers aren't going to take back Ryan Anderson. For what? He's just going to sit there and and die on the bench and just be a horrible defender and and just a pretty good shooter, not the best. Um, So I think the Rockets, assets-wise, I think they're out unless they can really, really, really sell the paces on Eric Gordon. Uh, I think they're out. I think the Spurs are are always intriguing, but they've never been the team to trade out draft picks or anything like that. I mean, when's the last time the Spurs didn't have a draft pick? Um, they're not going to do that. They're not going to trade a Dejounte Murray. They really like him a lot. They're not going to trade Jonathan Simmons after they offer him a qualifying offer. They like him a lot. And he's kind of old too. He's like 28. Um, I think there's only one answer. I mean, you know, the Cavs obviously they already tried the Cavs already tried yeah. with Kevin Love. They didn't get anything, nothing. They were biting. They have no draft picks. They have no general manager. So right now the Cavs are out. Um, I think it's the Celtics right? I think I mean I think right. it's the Celtics or nothing, right? Or am I crazy? It's
1: the Celtics or the Lakers got to step up. And and that's where that's where the interesting part is is it's a bidding war, yes, but at the same time it's a tricky bidding war because because Paul George, you know, there's very strong hints that he wants to play in LA. I don't know if when it comes push comes to shove, I don't know which he values more, playing in LA or winning a title. I really don't know at this point. I'm yeah, not inside does. this camp. You know, so so that that's a big thing. But you're right. When it comes to a bidding war, the obvious answer is Boston, and they should know it. And I think that's so, what they're doing. They're kind of just and, waiting now.
0: They're kind of just yeah. sitting back and saying, all right, everybody else get rid of your assets. Because Houston just got rid of all their assets.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Houston now, Houston. now they're out. You're right. You're right. Houston, the only way Paul George is going to come is by free agency next year. I don't see a trade i don't see indiana taking a trade unless paul george says i only want to play for the houston rockets oh, they and, get really and get,
0: desperate to trade that line that's the only way yeah. i can see
1: it yeah or they pull a bulls move and just trade your best player <laughs> for a bag of chips but uh but that's besides the point so with, with paul george uh, assuming indiana operates efficiently and and, and wisely um Paul George is going to be a bidding war and Boston has the assets and they have the, they have the assets to match everyone there. Honestly, Boston's only real competition in my opinion right now is the Lakers because like you said, the Cavs, there was a report today that came out that Paul George originally wouldn't commit to the Cavs because he's not sure LeBron will commit. But now a report came out that if LeBron commits to the Cavs, Paul George will commit to the Cavs. And you know, while that sounds great, at the same time, that's totally disregarding the business side of Indiana yeah. The Pacers yeah, still have
0: to commit to the trade. At the, end of yeah, the, day. the
1: Pacers yeah, the Pacers still have to take the best offer. So there's gotta be some giving, and some push and some pull between between Paul George and Indiana management when it comes to the trade. And so honestly, if if I'm Boston, I'm sitting back and I'm saying, Look, Yeah. We can offer you, you know, 30, 30, 20 cents on the dollar right now and still be the best offer on the market unless the Lakers step up and they, they in a panic move, offer, like, Lonzo Ball and, you know, and Brandon Ingram or, you know, or some of those core players like Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, and a pick. Like, the Lakers can put together a decent package um, for Indiana, and that would be one that would turn into a bidding war. So right now, um, right now, Indiana – Is gotta be calling, gotta be hoping, just hoping that Magic's desperate. But Magic doesn't seem to be desperate, right? I mean, he seems to be. I think he is. He's just chilling. Yeah, he seems to be like, look, I, I got, I got Paul George's ear. Paul George is gonna listen to me. He knows I'm gonna be here. And his dad's he here. Ellen. His dad yeah. too.
0: That's so important. That Paul George's dad is a huge Magic Johnson fan. That's right. that's a that's a factor that you know people can say, oh, you can say whatever you want, but that's important to to a lot of guys. You know, they look up to their yeah. dads.
1: That's important. Exactly. I mean, look at Al Horford. One of the stories that came out immediately when Al Horford signed was he was a Celtics fan growing up. These things matter. Like it's not all just money and championships. Like a, a lot of people a lot of people that's a huge part of it. That's a huge part of pretty much every player's decision. But when it comes down to it, there those little things can be the separation between committing to one team and, and another. And Paul George looked up to Kobe, like all the all the footprints lead to LA, but Boston, I'm sure Boston one is holding out for trade value, and two, I think they're also holding out out of fear because I don't think they know they know they have the offer that can that can make Indiana push the button right away. They know they have that. So the question is, they're going back and forth with and trying to talk backdoor um, backdoor channels with Paul George and trying to figure out where is Paul George and his commitment to Boston. I mean what 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 do you think about Paul George with that do you think he's willing to commit to Boston or the fact that we haven't seen this trade happen yet shows signs that he's not willing to commit to Boston
0: I think that it's kind of twofold there in that sense that he's not willing to commit long term anywhere without a guarantee that without any guarantees you know right. like he's not willing to commit to the Cavs without a LeBron guarantee okay you're not yeah. willing to commit to the boss to the Celtics without a championship guarantee? Sure, absolutely. I mean, they're not guaranteed to win the win the, uh, win the know. title next year. There's no way they're guaranteed to win the title. The Cavs are in, still in front of them. The Wizards, like I said, are ma- making a nice push. They had a nice season last year. They're probably going to get a couple more guys to come in and help. Um, and there's other teams that are that are filing up the ranks. There, the Raptors. You don't know what they're going to do this summer. So. Mm-hmm there's no guarantee he's going to win there's there's say boston for him and they don't win the title they lose in the easter conference finals or the second round again paul george has already been to the conference finals twice so yeah. what does he do what what you know he's going to a new team and he's going to resign just to what be a conference finalist every year i think at the end of the day he wants to be happy just like all of us want to be happy in their work situation in their work life um you know i don't think that I don't think that Paul George is willing to to do that without a guarantee in some way, shape, or form. I think if he goes to the Lakers, he gets a guarantee that, one, he gets to play at home. Two, he gets to play for in front of his family's team. And three, he can get that long-term security that he wants by staying with the Lakers. So I think it all comes down to guarantees, and I think more than anything – You know, the the team that could guarantee him something doesn't – the Cavs could guarantee him that long-term LeBron, but I don't think LeBron wants to stay there long-term. That's another little dirty secret is I don't think LeBron wants to stay with the Cavs for long-term. Now, whether that's LA or a reunion in Miami, who knows? But, you know, moves that have transpired this last two weeks or so, they're pointing in the direction that LeBron's not happy with what's going on as far as management and and in particular – um their owner um dan gilbert what he's doing with the team so i don't think he's when i put the chances of him leaving at 50 percent no uh 10 15 maybe there's a chance there's definitely a chance right and i think paul george not getting a commitment from lebron kind of kind of says that too you know what i mean that's kind of like hey this guy Paul George, he's an all NBA talent. He's an all-star. He's one of the best players in the game. He's willing to come to Cleveland, but LeBron has to sign on for long term. LeBron's not right. signing on for long term. So that's exactly. you know, that's that's hitting two nails on the head right there. You know? That Paul George yeah. wants to guarantee and LeBron's not guaranteed to stay.
1: Yeah. And so that that's where we're seeing that now just how much power I mean, obviously we've known for years now, but this is just a prime example of how much power the players have oh, in sure. these situations, and so um, with Paul George, I would say if I had to, if I had to put, you know, the the stupid saying, if you had to put a gun to your head and say where he lands, I'll say, I'll say he he's either in Indiana or Boston. Um, I don't think the Lakers are panicking, but I think I think the Lakers are still in my mind the favorite. I still think the most likely route right now is despite all the trade talk, I still think the most likely route is either they accept the 10 cents on the dollar trade that the Lakers gives them or he walks and goes to the Lakers because I think he I think the Lakers is the one spot where he's I think okay with not winning a championship. I could see him you know, writing a letter and saying, you know, I'm I'm playing I'm I'm playing where, where I wanna play and I wanna try and build something here. And, you know, him trying to be the face of, of the Lakers and trying to build fr- from there. So I could see him doing that. Whereas other places like Boston stuff, you're right. I don't think he's going unless he signs in his contract that he's winning a championship ring. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like so Why waste I, a year think- when
0: you can play at home for a year and then five more years on top?
1: Exactly. So I think the Lakers are still the uh the favorite just because I think that there's there's more I think he's more accepted. I think he's more invested in a in a long term Lakers than than anywhere else, at least as of right now. Um again, Houston doesn't have the assets and I don't know how interested he is because the one thing is we don't really know we we sort of know players' relationships but we don't know all of their relationships. So we truthfully don't know if behind the scenes if Paul George and James Harden love or hate each other. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, these are these are different these are interesting dynamics that we all don't know and that we're all kind of looking in on the outside and trying to figure out. Um, so when it comes to Paul George, it's a very tricky situation. So I'm gonna ask you the cliche question uh right now as we begin to wrap up this podcast. Where do you see Paul George gun to your head? Where is he? Where is he going to be at the start of the season? Right now, before free agency starts,
0: I think he's there's probably I don't want to say zero, but probably five percent chance he's going to be a member of the Pacers. I I don't think I don't see a situation where he starts the season with the Pacers. No, because like you go into the you're going into free agency basically. He's saying, hey, um, I don't want. I'm not going to stay here long term. Trade me. Get what you can get for me. You know what I mean? That's where he, that's what he's doing right now. And so I think the Pacers are going to try to get everything they can up to when the season starts, maybe a little bit after that, maybe they see how free agency plays out and they're like, all right, cool. Let's see who has what. And let's, yeah. you know, maybe we can pick the pieces from a Miami, for, you know, for example, we can take a guy like Tyler Johnson who has a biggish contract after this season. Um, Miami yeah. probably won't want to pay that. So let's take a Tyler Johnson. Let's take the first round draft pick. Let's take, Justice Winslow, wins low, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you guys want this fourth star, quote-unquote star, um, on your team? Come on. We have what you want. So I think I think it's going to be really dependent on what happens after free agency. Who knows? Maybe he gets traded tonight. I mean, you never know what this
1: league is going right. um, But right. I think – No one's seen the Chris Paul trade coming. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, uh, but I think as it whittles down towards the end, I think the Lakers are going to probably be the team that ends up with him, but they gave up. I don't know Randall Dang, and I don't know a future pick or or another guy because, like, right now his value is so small from the aspect of of that. Like a year ago, where it was like, hmm, we don't know what Paul George is gonna do. We're not sure. We're not sure. Um, And then as the season transpired, then the Lakers, you know, rumblings started to grow, and his, you know, his his willing his um, he prefers to play for the Lakers. 2018. So now that's like already decreasing his value. That his value is going down mightily in the yeah. past couple weeks. So I don't think it's going to take Alonzo Ball or anything like that. I think the Lakers are going to be like, look, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, Dang's contract. Maybe we'll give you a 2020 first round pick. You know, like yeah. they have all it's like going to the mob boss and 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 you don't have your your cut for the week. You know what I mean? Like it's going yeah. to the mob boss and like look man i only got 20 bucks like sorry i couldn't get your whole 50 well you're gonna give me what you're gonna give me you know give me what you got yeah. that's
1: it hey that's a great analogy i've been
0: watching it? a lot of power i don't know if you've seen power on oh Stars. yeah i know Fantastic i know show. that's
1: something you know obviously being in the hip-hop community with my hip-hop podcast and everything that's something that's like always recommended oh, and, dude, you know you gotta I'm watch always... it okay yeah i got it but um I did as a quick side note I did take a film course in college um a gangster film course class where I watched <laughs> si- it was 16 it was 16 weeks we did nothing but watch gangster films and write papers on them like from the and, from
0: the old day like from the 40s or you mean like Godfather
1: oh, and like Oh like like Godfather 1 and 2 um not the third one cuz my my professor was adamant we don't watch the third one good. so I still never watch the third it's not one good. You don't have to watch it. it's like Rocky um, 5 you know yeah good fellas all these classic ones nice, essentially nice. and you know some other ones Scarface, uh, all that Bonnie stuff. Clyde, yeah stuff like that so all all these all these gangster films so i I appreciate the analogy uh that one that one hit home for me as, a, as an, <laughs> avid, true, as an though, avid you know gangster. yeah
0: it's really it's really like you got nothing to offer me so you're just gonna give me whatever you're gonna give me
1: because nobody else is
0: gonna give you what i got
1: <laughs> right right so um I think we'll I think we'll end it there, man. Um Paul George, is, that's going to be something that I'm sure, you know, next time you're on the pod, we we might still be talking about it or, or we might be talking about him on the Nuggets.
0: You never know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Nuggets um or or the Pistons, man. Give the oh, Pistons man. a shot, my home team. You and between you and,
0: and and young Aaron Johnson, between the Paul George to Detroit.
1: Hi. Uh, you, know, you you know Aaron? Yeah, he writes he writes with us on Death He's oh yeah, dominant. that's right. He does. He does now. Yeah. 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 He's 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 a cool guy. Yeah. Shout out to Aaron because Aaron's somebody I've known for a couple of years now. Yeah. So, yeah. He a kid. I'm sure. But he's I'm dreaming sure you of the piston talk. He's dreaming
0: us. of the Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond for Paul George trade. Like that's gonna happen.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But I don't think you could yeah. trade Andre Drummond and, and Reggie Jackson for what the Timberwolves got from the from what the Bulls got from the Timberwolves.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think even the Bulls would have said no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, Rob. Rob Lopez of Def Pen, uh, once again, man. Thank you for coming on. I'm sure I'm gonna have you on to break down some more stuff. Uh, as always, one of the most plugged people I know when it comes to when it comes to this basketball stuff. So uh, I know you're gonna be busy pumping out articles and content and everything. So always. tell them where they can find all your stuff. Uh, you're gonna be busy.
0: Well, you can follow me if you wanna get the occasional news drops um, or just random things about wrestling or power uh you can follow me at robato <laughs> r0bato um but you know if you want to keep up with the nba and sports in general at death hoops at death sports we got a lot of cool um projects and stuff coming up for the summer going into the fall and, and beyond so yeah um check us out dot show you love
1: all right all right man thank you for coming on and as fans know um you can find all my content on twitter on facebook um you know you can just google search chris Platy, that's p-l-a-t-t-e but the easiest way to find all my stuff is um is either by google because the first four things that come up are my facebook my twitter um uh, my itunes and podbean links so everything right there That'd um nice. but then also yeah i yeah. can't win Oh yeah, man. Uh, I have I have the monopoly on Chris Platys. <laughs> I have the monopoly on Chris Platys. But um, no, the easy the, another easy way is just follow me on Twitter at real Chris That's real C H R I S P L A T T E. If you don't know how to spell real, don't follow. Just can't Follow anyways. Um, on there, you'll find a link to my iTunes and my Podbean. So whichever way you pre- uh, you prefer to consume my podcast, I appreciate it support and subscribe on iTunes. I will be reading off shortly um, some of the reviews that people wrote. So uh, if you want to hear your voice heard, if you want to hear a shout out on the podcast, write a review, rate it five stars and um, and give me some give me some good feedback as we continue to grow. Chrisplaty.com I, I promise I'm going to have an update with you within the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, decided to postpone it. I know it was originally supposed to launch in June, but Chrisplaty.com as well as all the other launching on on the other websites has been delayed because of the holiday weekend and free agency and all these things so all these things will be explained some backdoor stuff that you'll probably never know too also um kind of delaying things but anyways it is coming um i haven't forgotten about it i've been working towards it so stay tuned for that big big news coming soon um a a quarter another quarter pod for the strictly hip-hop series is coming soon uh fans that listen to the strictly hip-hop series know that's Uh, my one of my biggest podcasts of the year every time I do it so stay tuned for that and once again uh, thank you Rob for coming on because you gave me great content today you gave you gave the fans a lot to chew on today
0: hey I'm just trying to you know you said you want to talk about NBA so I got it
1: (laughs) all right and I will take your recommendation and check out power and I'll I'll let you know so hopefully between my spare time between watching the website uh free agency and all that if, uh, hopefully I'll launch on my spare time, I'll, I'll, I'll do a deep dive on power for you and get back to you on that. Do it up, man. All right, man. Thank you once again for coming on. No
0: problem, buddy. Talk to you soon.